Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on August 21st, 2020. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That is what we do here on the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host. Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. This is what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman, and of course with us because of our great partnership with SouthBayByJackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you? I'm doing well, Joe. I'm doing well. Hey, Kelly, how are you? Good morning and happy Friday, Joe and Jackie. It's Friday, as Jackie says, right? It's time to weekend. Weekend. Weekending. We're going to get some weekending. It's time. Yes. yes. Yeah. And oh, by, is, by the way, I just, I just wanted to mention last night, my husband and I took a strand cruise a uh, little later than normal down to the harbor. I took the most amazing photo of the sunset, you know, with all the boats in it, the, the mass. You got to check it out. It's on my Facebook page. It actually looks like I saw that early this morning when I was perusing, doing, doing my early morning peruse through, you know, emails and social media. I saw that picture, Jackie. It's beautiful. And uh, the, even the color on the boats, like, you know, it's kind of like on a foggy day. You get like a different lighting. Well, you know, there's always a little beach fog down at the harbor a lot of times. But, you know, and now it's a smoke in the air too, right? It, it creates a whole different right. sunset, unfortunately, sadly. Uh, you know, I mean, the one, the only benefit of those fires everywhere in California are, you know, the sunsets, um, you know, turn orange and, you know, the, the sunsets are just incredible. But I saw that picture yeah. and it's, it's remarkable. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's saturated with color. It's unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, so that was my, that was my good deed for the, for the week. I gave everybody a nice picture. <laughs> 
isn't that important though? Because not everybody gets to see that view every night. And even I if know. you do, maybe we, you know, so I, I post too, because I know, you know, like you, you have people who follow you who don't live here too. And even if they live here, it doesn't mean they're looking at the ocean that, at that moment, you know. Right. So right. It, it is, I agree. It's who doesn't love a good picture like that and it's peaceful and it kind of resets your mind at the, you know, the end of the day, or in my case, first thing in the morning when I, when I see it. Right. So, um, glad yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. I always say that too. I'm like, okay, for all of you, you know. Um, I had an interesting conversation yesterday with um, one of our fire captains, and uh, he was telling me there, I think it was 394 fires burning in the state of California when I was talking to him yesterday, and that was kind of mid afternoon. 390. For in the state what? of California. What is that oh. insane? I mean, we hear about the big, big, big ones. I, I thought right. there were like three or four. <laughs> that's just, in, that's just right. in our area. Yeah, it, right. it was there exactly was, wow. so. It was. He said right. something like there was like a thousand lightning strikes within like whatever you know, and, and don't don't quote me. It was like within an hour or two, or whatever. But um, yeah. yeah, the fires were going everywhere. Um, there was a bunch of chatter last night about San Francisco, and uh, it is has the poorest air quality in the world right now because of all the fires. I mean, it's just it's just so sad, you know, and it's. Um, wow. So, so taxing on top of everything else right now. But um, when I heard that number, I was just like, whoa. I mean, you know, interesting. I used to have a neighbor that um, I, I just no longer live. I was speaking. Uh, there's going to be a fire truck going by my office in a second, so I apologize. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right on cue. Right on cue, guys. Thank you. Um, anyways, um, she, her and her husband had a company. Uh, it was a catering company for – particularly for firefighters in uh, the Western region. And they were one of the you know, federal agencies or whatever that would be called in um, to go cater to the fire line. Um, they also did high-end movie set catering. So they kind of had these two businesses. Now, obviously, um, you know, don't take that wrong. They're not providing high-end movie set catering food to, you know, firemen. Not that they don't deserve it, <laughs> but that would be expensive. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but um they, you know, they were one of many vendors, and they uh, would get um, a call, and they had like 30 minutes to respond to the call and commit to whether or not they could activate their teams wherever the fire was. And, and I kind of remember, like, from Idaho West was kind of one of their territory, and they had 30 minutes to actually commit to say, yes, well. we, can, we can get our activator teams, get there within, and then I think they had, like, like, you know, two or three hours to actually get there and set up type of thing. Crazy. And, and which means they have to have kind of regional teams, you know, sprinkled everywhere. But, and then to be able to get the food and get the food there, yeah, the whole nine yards. I mean, and there's several teams that obviously do that and resources, but uh, we, you know, those are all things we take for granted, right? Uh, that we don't see happening behind the scenes. So, um, you know, yeah, God bless know. all first I, responders. I, 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 I never thought about that, Kelly. I've never in my life thought about that. We see pictures of the firemen on on the chow line in in little towns mm-hmm. whenever there's a big fire. You know that you know the news reporters are always there, and you'll see them in the background. And you never you never think you never think how did the mm-hmm. food get there? Who's doing the food? I know. Yeah, interesting. I, I know. Interesting. Yeah. There's ways. Anyways, so you know, yeah, prayers for all the 
always for all the first responders, gosh, in the hospitals, on the yeah. front lines, on the fire lines, uh, you know, the, the PD, everybody. I mean, what a, what, a, what a time that we are in right now. So, um, anyways, um, on the local, hyper-local scale, you know, back, back in the bubble, as they say, right? <laughs> um, there's always, you know, there's a back in the, I like that, back in the bubble. Um, you know, there's always things going on here and starting to see a little more signs of life with little mini events, you know, and we're talking mini, but uh, people are stepping, you know, in, you know, a direction of, um, you know, starting to do things. I know the, the state, the governor, and subsequently, the county next week, there's going to be you know, some big announcements on uh, reopening protocols, um, other categories, um, perhaps tightening or loosening um, some of the protocol regulations. But next week, we're going to see kind of another round um, of, you know, protocols and things coming our way. So hopefully um, that will include the ability to be able to get some more of these businesses fully open, like restaurants or even partially, even half, you know, seating in some of our hair salons, personal care and all that too. But next week is going to have some announcements. So um, I got got news. I got news for you, Kelly. I got news for you. Mm -hmm. Even when they lift the restrictions on the restaurants, People are still going to want to eat outside. So I think that those parklets and dining, dining decks and stuff, I think they're going to be around for a little while. I don't see. I don't think anybody should be in a rush to dismantle them, you know, when the okay comes. Uh, I think, yeah. We're not. We're definitely not. And um, what started off as like a 90-day project kind of back in, you know, June, uh, clearly, quickly became, um, you know, until – Right now, uh, technically, it says until the emergency order is lifted, uh, which basically mm-hmm. means until the end of the pandemic. <laughs> you know, so uh, yeah. we are not in any right. hurry. Right. Um, it, it is important that we're all good neighbors to the businesses and the residents because we all in, in Manhattan Beach particularly coexist very closely together. So, um, you know, uh, but even when the even if and this is not going to happen, but next week, but even if the restaurants were able to fully open. 100% indoor capacity. They have six months of devastating, you know, cutbacks to make up for. And that's true for personal care and everybody, too. So they're going to need those yes. outdoor dining decks just to, to try to make up a little bit, right? Um, but I agree with you. Everybody loves them, and they're, they're just popping every night. You, you know, I cruise through. I leave my office, and I, you know, zip down through downtown, and um, they are busy. And, of course, the weather you know, it's warm, so everybody's wanting to get out of their house and uh, let somebody else cook for them, and the nights have been gorgeous. So, um, you know, let's pray for good weather and beautiful nights for a long time, and everybody can continue to enjoy. But I agree. The views are stunning, and it's nice to get outside, and Mm -hmm. it's quite a thing. You know, it occurred to me this week that it's interesting because um, we were talking about the capacities in downtown and safety and you know, and I said, look, I go, the difference partly is that everything's kind of outdoor. So before you see, you know, people, the restaurants could be packed and you see people parking and walking in and out. But now all of that volume is outside, like on the street, in the dine, you know, parking, dinettes, whatever, and the sidewalks. And I go, it's almost like a little mini, like a special event every night, capacity-wise right. and people-wise. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're adjusting and um, – you know, um, fully committed. We're, we're in it, and uh, we're committed to trying to, you know, serve everybody and keep everybody happy and safe. So um, it's all good. Um, there's some, you know, big things happening. Um, 
this week, uh, it, well, actually, well, next, this coming week, um, the 100th anniversary of women's suffrage, um, the right to vote, um, was on August 18th, but um, Manhattan Beach is lighting up their city hall with purple and yellow lights, which are the symbolic lights of women's suffrage, the symbolic um, colors of women's suffrage. So next, I, I think it's either Wednesday night going into Thursday or Thursday night. I, I need to find that out. But, um, and then for about a month, uh, City Hall will be lit with purple and yellow lights. And then nice. um, tagging yeah, it's going to be really cool. And then tagging on to that is um, several stores on Manhattan Avenue. Uh, pages of one is turning their um, their storefront window into um, books, you know, about women's suffrage, decorating it with the purple and yellow. Um, the jewelry store Blue Diamond Jewelers on Manhattan Avenue in the old 23rd Street Jewelry um, location is um, going to be um, – uh, they're going to have purple and yellow lights all, you know, around their windows and decorating it. And you're, you're going to see that popping up in several stores in downtown Manhattan Beach to celebrate, you know, the right to vote. So um, we encourage everybody, to, no matter how you want to vote, you know, make sure you're registered, get out, and make sure you fill out those forms and pop them, pop them back in the mail. So, uh, And then come down and check out all the purple and yellow lights. It's going to be kind of pretty, um, yes. kind of cool. Yeah. Um, on Tuesday... There is um, Beach City's Health District is hosting a panel of um, many of us. I'm on it, uh, along with um, several doctors, which I am not a doctor by any means, <laughs> but I'm representing the business community, and we're going to be talking about, um, you know, kind of coexisting in the, in the world with COVID-19 and, and how to adapt because um, – we know, um, you know, uh, it's not going away. And so we're going to talk about living well um, in the age of COVID-19. And um, Dr. William Kim, who's the chief medical advisor to Beach State's Health District, um, will be on the panel. Dr. Mo Gelbert, um, he works with Selma McMillan Center for Alcohol and Drug Treatment at Torrance Memorial, will be on it. Um, uh, Dr. Anthony Toronto, uh, who works with Student Services for Redondo Beach Unified School District. And then there's me. No, not a doctor. <laughs> a doctor, a business, I'm a business doctor, right? I, I, I say the last five months I've been doing business triage, so I'm a business doctor. Kelly, Kelly, not a, Kelly, just, yeah. just, wear, just wear the white the white coat. Just wear the white coat. You'll be fine. <laughs> you know, that's pretty funny. I'll, maybe I'll just wear white. Is my, yeah, you know, that's actually funny. <laughs> uh, so that is um, next Tuesday, August 25th, 5 to 6.30. Um, there's a Zoom link. You can register. You can see it on um, on our social media, but you can go to BCS Health District and just register so you get the Zoom link. Of course, it's free. Um, and we encourage everybody business, personal, residents, everybody to tune in. Everybody's got questions. We're still adapting. And, and as they say, uh, we're all in it together. So um, it's important. Uh, and then uh, we have a new store opening up, um, which I, I just marvel. Any business that is opening, like for the first time, starting a new business, um, just is very brave right now. Um, it's called mm -hmm. Founded 1912. It's going in the former space occupied by Diane's Beachwear for decades and decades. Um, Diane's um, on the corner of Manhattan Beach Boulevard and Manhattan Avenue closed, um, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic. And 
um, chose not to reopen, and there's a new store going in called Founded 1912, which is when Manhattan Beach was founded. And it is a swimwear and bathing uh, bikini store, um, you know, for all ages and all body types, they're telling me. And the Founded 1912 is kind of an ode to Manhattan Beach history Um, and uh, really, you know, honoring the history of Manhattan Beach. Um, the daughter of there's co-owners. The daughter of one of them worked in Diane's for a long time, so it's very important to them to kind of bring that history. Um, so they're um, kind of doing a little soft opening this weekend, um, which leads me into um, the acknowledgement of an amazing business uh, that we're going to be talking about today, called Super Sports. That's turning 40 years old. I mean, what a massive mm. accomplishment! And the reason I say it now is because we are going to be doing the first ribbon cutting of the pandemic, at least in Manhattan Beach, I should say. Um, And um, it's very, you know, 40 years is a huge accomplishment, and it's important to them, and it's important to us to celebrate, you know, the accomplishments here. And I think we kind of need to get, you know, back on that a little bit. And uh, it just feels like the time is right. It's going to be very small, um, obviously, to – uh, we don't. We can't have large gatherings, you know, during COVID, and the mayor will be there. Myself will be there. A few other officials, and we're going to join um, and uh, cut the ribbon next Thursday at 4 p.m. So we're very excited. That's and exciting. Happy, happy to That's... acknowledge and celebrate 40 years of business. Yes, right. yes, and we'll have right. to pull up our list of businesses. Uh, we we did that. We had somebody on not that long ago talking about b- the businesses that are still open that opened. 40 years ago, uh, we had, gosh, who did we have on, Kelly? We had somebody on, and we were talking about, what other businesses? Urkely, Shellback. Well, the shoe repair. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the shoe repair. Harry, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Not that many. Yeah. Not that many. So it's exciting. It's, it's exciting. Right. All right. Well, then, shall well, we get to it, Joe? Let's get to it, Jackie. Who is our guest today? Okay, our guest this morning is Renee Sandera from Supersports. Renee has been selling fashion and athletic wear and apparel for over 40 years. He opened Supersports in 1980 as one of just a few retail shops in Manhattan Village. Renee expanded his operations to the Manhattan Country Club with the opening of a pro shop in 1982. And in 1986, he opened Sports Mania in Manhattan Village Mall, selling licensed sporting goods. Now, in 1988, Renee took over management duties at the El Segundo Golf Course and Driving Range. And in 1990, Supersports expanded in Manhattan Village to an 8,000-square-foot location. In 1999, Renee set out to build and operate golf practice facilities, a 26-acre facility in the city of Orange. He constructed two additional golf practice facilities in the cities of Vista and Highland, California. In 1994, Renee opened The Grind, a retail facility in the city of Marina del Rey, specializing in skate and surf footwear and apparel. Now, Renee was born and raised in Manhattan Beach. He attended Meadows Elementary School, Foster A. Begg Middle School, and Aviation High School. He went on to El Camino College, where he played on the tennis team, earning several tennis scholarships from out-of-state schools, only to turn them down to focus on his business. Now, Supersports is celebrating 40 years in business this month and is a superstar supporter of our local schools. They participate in Miracosta's School to Career, a program offering work to challenge students. And this morning, we'll learn the history of super sports, super sports and the impact they've had on the community. Welcome to the program, Renee. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Well, thank you very much, and uh, good morning to everybody. And I'd like to uh, say my thoughts and prayers to the fire victims. 
I know that. Yeah. Was, uh, oh man, I believe that that five lives have been lost. That's a sad, a sad day to hear that. But uh, thoughts and prayers to all of them. And yeah. and it continues, Renee. I mean, it, it just to to put a point on that, we are in a situation where you know the fire season was four or five months of the year uh normally now it's it's almost year round it's just yes. uh, uh unbelievable how we're we're having to deal with this now um truly a matter of climate change but also just a matter of population and other uh in extrinsic factors um and then, of course, there's the whole issue of aging infrastructure, aging electrical infrastructure. Um, of course, uh, last year with the, the horrible uh, Paradise Fire and all that. So um, our thoughts and prayers uh, with everyone dealing with that right now. Um, yeah. Renee, you know, I, I have right been now. in... It looks like a little smoky, yeah. uh, a smoky film. It almost looks like it's a foggy day, but it's actually smoke. And it's, uh, wow. It's very early. Wow. Now, you know, uh, we've been doing this for uh, quite a while, uh, about eight years now, Jackie. And uh, so a lot of people listen to the show uh, that listened uh, many years ago, and maybe they've moved away. So people are listening, you know, um, just a few people all throughout the country. And uh, so they're, they're hearing this and, and I'm sure they're they're thinking of the South Bay uh, as well. And Renee, I know a lot of natives. I know a lot of California natives. But you are truly a South Bay native. This is uh, this is rare. There's 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 California natives, and then there's truly South Bay natives, and 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 that's kind of rare. Tell us a little bit about. What it was like in Manhattan Beach in the in the, in the age when it really wasn't a, a destination. I mean, this this wasn't like mm-hmm. the place to be. <laughs> That's yeah. what the natives was, tell me. Was, tell me about that. You're right. It was it was a beach town. I mean, we were all yeah. you know, surfing, playing volleyball, and so it was it was a beach town with with the aerospace industry there. And my father works yeah. uh, in that industry. And it was just, uh, you know, basically a sleepy beach town, relaxed and yeah. very casual, as a lot of locals now uh, you know, see it. But uh, the people that come into the town now, it's, you know, a big tourist destination. There's a lot yeah. going on. Every corner has has a, a retail shop or, a, or you know, something on it. Where back in the day, we had land here. We didn't have a target. We didn't, we didn't have the... Uh, uh, you know, the ship there that was all field. Uh, where where I'm located now, that was all that was all field. <laughs> a lot of changes went on, and uh, right. you know, good and bad. There were a lot of sand Can dunes. I... I've seen I've yeah. seen pictures yeah. from back in the day. There were a lot of sand dunes, you know, all throughout the South Bay. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, in Manhattan Village, where uh, Renee's store is now, Super Sports, Renee, I would imagine, because I know, you know, many other, I didn't grow up here, but a lot of, you know, my friends did, and they said they used to play, you know, in the fields, which is now Manhattan Village, yeah. but you guys would go over and play, you know, over yeah. there and we run around. Ride our bikes, in the, in, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we used to yeah. ride our bikes now, here all the time. 
Yeah. And they're just they're just big open fields, and uh, but, you know it's it's actually nice to see you know, the city progress and expand. Uh, it's got the good and bad. You know, a lot of locals don't like to see these real busy summer days where you can't find parking, but that's all that's that's all part of it. You know, for us being business owners, we love that. We love the crowd. And uh, you know, the more and more people come into the, the city, because that just obviously attracts sales, and, and that's and that's uh, and that's good for business. Well, you know, it, when we talk about what you do, I mean, your 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 expertise, the 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 sort of the intersection between business, fashion, and sports. Where was the original inspiration for that? Well, I think uh, when I first started out, it was you know, basically tennis. We were we were just a tennis mm-hmm. shop. We were about six hundred square feet. Uh, we were we were in a little a little round kiosk, which is which is now gone, um, that houses seized candy uh, and had the hog and ice cream. So we were basically tennis, and we really really concentrated you know, just on tennis. And then as we expanded, we we started to we started to increase that shop. From 600 to 1,200 square feet, and then from 1,200 to 1,800 square feet, as as the little shops around us went out of business, uh, we started to expand into the fashion and and, and into the football uh, you know, side of the business. And then we found uh, a nice little niche for the specialty type of retailer back in that day. There really there really wasn't too many. There's your your large box big five type stores, and there wasn't really too many specialized retailers. Uh, that were in a specialized group in the sporting goods industry. So that that really uh, that really opened the door for us. And um, and then you know from there we we actually uh, became a bigger store where we had the opportunity to expand into more of the fashion end of that athletic realm. And and that's where we are now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh... It's just it's just been uh, you know a, a, an encyclopedia of things going on in the South Bay and the growth and all that. But but in the business, how do you see your business? What what your business is not like many of the other businesses. A lot of businesses are you know franchises or they are um, quasi franchises. There's you know uh, um, there are just a few businesses that can track their own history from from the beginning to now um what would you what would you call could you franchise for instance have you ever thought about that well you know back in the day maybe there was you know, more of an opportunity for that and now there yeah there really isn't beyond the beer the sporting uh, environment is now a lot, lot tougher to get into because a lot of these companies, their their biggest push is just to go through, just straight to consumer. They don't want to. They want to deal with middlemen, and they see the retailer as a middleman. So you're dealing with all these big shoe companies and all these big apparel companies that that their major goal now is just to sell straight to the consumer because they're making a higher margin. So now, if, if you were to go out and try to open a sporting goods store, there's no way you're getting accounts. You're going to walk into uh, Nike, or you know, walking through Adidas, and they'll say, oh, "I'd like to open a store somewhere." And they can look at you and almost laugh at you because that's not what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So you really, really are up against a, a big wall now in this 
you know, kind of mom and pop era of trying to compete not only with the internet, uh, but now you're competing with your own vendors that are supplying you with product, and that's and that is a big wow. hurdle right now. Yeah. So it's, wow. Back in the day, we could have maybe had the franchise answer question, but nowadays you've, you've really just got to hang on to what you've got, and and you've got so many things just beating you up every day, and you've got to find that niche. And you've got to really take mm-hmm. care of your customers. You've got to take care of your staff. And uh, you just got to find a niche and just, you know, carry on with right. that niche. And, and uh, well, you know, hopefully let, be different from others. Let me jump in here because when it comes to particularly athletic footwear, that's something that, I, you know, that's where the customer service comes in because you really do need somebody that knows what they're talking about when you're buying athletic footwear. It, you know, it's not like it's not like other things, you know. So, uh, you know, it's I know a couple of other uh, places that specialize in specific things similar to that, and that's not something you mess around with, uh, Kelly. No. Joe, I mean, seriously, no. when you work out, when you go to the gym, you know, you you have to have something that is correct for your foot. And all of these mm-hmm. brands are completely different. I've had that experience where I just tried to walk into one of these big places and buy a pair of, you know, uh, running shoes that, you know, and then I, mm-hmm. and then I actually tried to run in them and it didn't work. It was very uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. yes. Well, yes. And, so that's, that's really need a service in the industry. So we service, um, all the tennis, uh, uh, people that are, that are, you know, playing tennis every day and they come in and they have to spring their racket. So we, we have that group coming in that not only do they need a racket strong, which they're not going to send out, they're not going to send it over the internet. You know, they need mm-hmm. a physical store to come into to get that serviced. And so once we right. get them in the store, now we have the opportunity to sell them our vast array of other goods and services. So there we have a service. And you're right with the shoe industry. That's another service where people have a hard time buying it just online unless they are buying the exact same shoe. They want to come in. They want to try it. They want to hear what you have to say. They want to. They want your knowledge to make sure that's the right shoe for them, not only running but in all the other sports. So that's another service where we can where we have that niche I was talking about, where people have to come into the store because they have a hard time buying it anywhere else. And so that's where mm. that's where you really have to uh, work on that base. You got to work on that customer base, and then you got to keep that base coming in. And that's how we run have been here for 40 years is we really you know concentrate on that base which is our customers and, and we have a yeah, lot of I was trying to remember I can't remember the term but I learned something about my foot the, you know the first time I actually went to a professional to buy running shoes uh, mm-hmm. um, not prone um, what's the word I'm looking for it had something to do with my arch hmm I can't remember what it's called What's it, what's it called? Maybe supinating. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what is that? I was like, I don't, <laughs> I, what is it? Uh, why do I have it? You know, how, do, how does it yeah. work? Yeah. So there's stuff like that. You, if you don't, you don't know it until you go to an expert that can tell you about it. So. Right, right, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I mean, the, the tennis part of your business, Renee, uh, you know, it's huge. You're obviously just, you know, a stone's throw from the country club in Manhattan Beach. And, um, you know, forever that I've known, you've restrung rackets. You can go in and buy a racket. And, and you can't exactly buy a racket off 
um, the internet because you, you, that's definitely something along with shoes. You have to hold and swing and the grip and you know all yeah. of that too. So you guys, you 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 know your niche. You've had it forever. You're you're sticking with it, and your service is unparalleled. I mean, I've taken you know rackets in there to be restrung, to be regripped. Um, you know, uh, not too long. My 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 boys are now in their early twenties, but they swam at the country club when they were little. And in those days, you had to have like you know the little jammer. You can't wear swim trunks when you're on a swim team or something, right? You know. And when they were young, you know, they wear a jammer. They don't wear like a little speedo when they're like, you know, five and six. You know, just well, some do, but most of them like a jammer. You know. So um, I remember going in, and you know, of course, there are all these like little skinny kids and. Um, the only place they felt comfortable, um, you know, going in and getting a jammer was your store because it wasn't like this big, you know, overwhelming store. And mm-hmm. and then my oldest son, which went on to be a phenomenal swimmer and water polo player, you know, always professed that you guys had like the perfect goggles. And I remember it vividly. I mean, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, he's like, Mom, can we stop? And you know, I'm like, okay, 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 you know. And then they'd lose the goggles and we go back. But and then when you didn't have it, you'd order it. And um, just recently, last Christmas, um, they bought me new um, tennis shoes for, for playing tennis, tennis shoes, you know, and from your store. And um, the person helping him recognized him. Like, and we're talking years yeah. later. And it was yeah. so cool. And um, they, they ended up, um, God bless my children, thinking my foot was smaller than it is. And <laughs> so they had, so they had to take a call. But they had to take him back, and you guys reordered them, no problem. And that's you know, A, you remembered him, like this little blonde-haired kid. You know, it was just phenomenal. Yeah. But, and, and that, you know, hey, guess what? That's where he's going. I and mean, we've got, yeah, we, you know, that's where we continue to go. So it's, yeah. and that speaks to the South Bay, to Manhattan Beach. And, um, right. you know, you've got, we, you made a customer when he was six. And you're keeping the customer. He's now 23, you know. So yeah. um, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, well, I have to contribute that to my staff and, and uh, a lot of my staff's family. And that has really helped me through the years also. With my brother in law Robert and my sister in law Kathy and of course my wife Anne. Uh, you know, they're all there and, uh, and we're just a, a big team. And, and, and that really helps. And they've been with me for, um, you know, over 30 years. So, wow. to have that wow. there and, and to have people walk in where they, where they really do know your you know, name. Uh, Right, your slogan goes, but uh, and that's right. very important. And, and, and we have people come in every day. They just hang out. We have chairs. They sit down and they sit down and they and they hang out for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, <laughs> just chat away. And we have a, we have a lot of people that just that just love to come in. And if they don't buy anything, that's fine. Just come in and talk and chat and, and uh, you know tell us how your day is going. And so we're, we we're need more of that. More. Yeah, yeah. yeah You're like a, a mini. Yeah, you're a mini congregating place, you know, for adults, everybody, and uh, we just need more of that. You know, people, you know, we talked, we touched on it earlier about, you know, buying online and Amazon or whatever, any other sites, whatever. And you know, I always say, I mean, people will, people are going to look, they're going to shop, they're going to look online, you know, they're going to come into your store, they're going to do all that, but because uh, they want options and they have options these days. But what a store like yours has that online 
absolutely doesn't have is the human, you know, touch, the human interaction, the ability, you know, that hands-on, so the, and, and answer on the spot right in front of you, you know, and um, people still want that. So some people are very happy doing other things and shopping elsewhere, but I think, you know, the average human, and particularly in the South Bay, we're so connected and we're so hands-on. People, yes. people want that. So kudos to you for keeping it and surviving. Yeah, and yeah. making it available. Yeah. Remember, your dollars yeah. that you spend in your town into your community go back and service your community. So we really push that local, uh, you know, spend your dollars locally because it really does come back and, and uh, you know, funnel through the local community. Not only uh, the business owners, uh, you know, spending their dollars locally, but also the tax revenue the cities and state get. So it's really important to, to shop local and keep your dollars local because that does help your schools, it helps your city, and 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 it's going to help the community. So shop local, everybody. Yes. Okay. What did you say? Wait, wait, wait. One more time. What did you say? What did you say? One more time. Shop local. Keep it local. Keep it local. That's our tagline. Keep it local. Listen, we're going to take a quick station break, but before we do, you know, Kelly, what you're just saying about um, you know, shopping online. I am a very tactile person, and what mm-hmm. I find more the most effective way is when I need to buy something. And I'm not a shopper, by the way. You all know that, right? I mean, I'm not a sh- I don't mm. like to shop, um, but if I need something, you know, whether it's new towels or a piece of furniture or a new pair of black slacks, I like to go online and do my research. But mm-hmm. then when it comes to actually buying it, I have to go into the store. I have to touch it. Yep. I have to try yep. it on. I have to feel it. So um, that I think that's the most effective way. I think if you're just ordering stuff online willy-nilly, you're going to be sending a bunch of stuff back. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, Joe, let's do a station break. Yo. Let's do it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the South Bay Show. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we've been doing this for – a few years, almost uh, nine years now, and we love presenting hyper local news, hyper local uh, media. We've covered uh, music, we've covered, uh, we always cover food. Food is is a big issue, um, of course. Uh, sports uh, mania and uh, and uh, uh, super sports, uh, everything that's uh, a part of the South Bay, from from El Segundo to uh, Palos Verdes, and then east to to Torrance, but but on Thursdays that's where we feature the entire South Bay, and on Fridays, like today, it's Manhattan Beach uh, Chamber uh, sponsored. We're proud uh, to be sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber, and it's all about all those same things, but with a special emphasis on the uh, city of Manhattan Beach and the members of the Manhattan Beach Chamber. So please join us. Um, you can find us in podcasts. You can find us favorite smart speaker, Alexa and Google and Siri. Um, we're, we're everywhere. Just ask and uh, join us every week. Tune in. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, it's a place where everybody knows your name. So uh, come join us. Uh, Jackie, um, that is the South Bay. <laughs> A place where people know your name. Uh, That's right. It is. It is. And who would have ever thought nine years ago that our little show, the South Bay Show, would be literally available everywhere at any time? 
you want to listen to it. Yeah. And it's quite yeah. it's quite an achievement. Uh, <laughs> all right. So anyway, <laughs> I wanted I want to go back to the beginning, Renee. Athletic footwear. It wasn't always there. There was a point in time, I'm thinking it was the 70s, when all of a sudden, athletic footwear was a thing. Can, do, you, do you have any specific recall of when that happened? Because it sounds like you were at the cusp of it. Yes, for sure. I mean, there, there's, there's a couple of instances, but I think one of the biggest is, is, is probably Michael Jordan back in 1984. When, when he was first signed and he first had his shoe and was banned by the by the NBA, he couldn't even wear his his uh, Jordan shoe, the Nike Jordan, uh, to play uh, um, to play. Oh, you know what's interesting? And the NBA, so they, yeah, so they actually banned his shoe, which now all of a sudden the attention, uh, uh, all the attention came on his shoe. Well, why, why did they ban his shoe? Let's take a look at the shoe. Let's, you know, why is it banned? And so all that attention, you know, was on his feet, and then all of a sudden, boom, the shoe just exploded. Everyone had to have the shoe. And I think that was, you know, pretty much the, you know, starting point of, of this uh, fashion athletic trend that we see now is, is back in 84 when that, when that first Jordan came out and, and, and Nike just licked their chops in the NBA said, you're not wearing that in any games. And Nike probably said at first, says, oh, no, what? what? And then he probably thought, wait a minute. What <laughs> if marketing say we have the industry? And now it just exploded. And I think that was the start of it all. It's interesting that you mentioned that because my husband and I, a couple of weeks ago, were watching a documentary. And I can't re- it was something to do with the NBA, but they discussed the shoe. And it was, mm-hmm. and I remember one of the guys saying something like, you know, we thought, okay, this is something new. You know, maybe we'll sell to one or two million. They ended up yeah. selling like over 150 million pairs of those shoes. Yeah. Right. It was amazing. You know, we, we had a sales rep back then, and, uh, and a sales rep came in, and, and we were buying our Nikes from him. And he goes, oh, I have this new shoe, this, this uh, Jordan shoe. I don't, know, I don't know who Jordan is, but... You guys want to buy some? I'm going looking at like I'm going Jordan, Jordan. Nah, nah, I think I'll pass right now, but maybe later. <laughs> and it's, it's, oh boy! All of a sudden, it became the became the biggest shoe ever, and it was it was just a phenomenon as it is now. The, the Jordans now were 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 one of Nike's uh, elite accounts that actually uh, that actually are able to sell the Jordan shoes. There's not that many accounts that that they have that actually have that opportunity, and. Uh, and we, we actually have the opportunity. So they have these launches like every month or, you know, twice a month they'll have a launch of the Jordan 1 or the Jordan 2, the Jordan 5, and, you know, launch them. And they, and they give you just a, uh, an allocation of, say, 24 to 36 pair, you know, per account. And then so you'll have, you'll have hundreds of people calling you. I need a size 12, I need a size 9. So we, we actually have a lottery. Well, we put everyone's name down and, and, and uh, the size they need. And then when the oh launch my date comes, say August 31st is the launch date of the, of the Air Jordan 3. So when that launch date comes, we call the people who do a lottery and we call the lucky winners to come pick up their shoe. And it's, really? it's still going on. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> wow. unbelievable. Yeah, well, we've that is unbelievable. Up, up that is unbelievable. 
we used to have lines because we never had a lottery, so we used to have just people line up on the launch date, and they always they always publish <laughs> the launch date, and so we would have a line. Right. And at times, we'd have hundreds of people outside our store waiting for a 24 pair of shoes. Well, I don't know if you guys remember the news in the back end, but people were getting they were getting mugged, they were getting shot for these shoes. It was just oh. an unbelievable phenomenon. So we had to go to the you know, that's that's how popular they were at that time. It was just unbelievable. But, you know, I recall I, that. Were to have, to have a product like that that can actually drive the sales of your other products is just, it's just, you know, it's just, it, it's just really nice to have. And then we still have the ability to, to actually do that, which is nice. Uh, and marketing, marketing, it's an amazing thing. You know, I remember... Mm-hmm. For me personally, my experience, I grew up I grew up in New York and in 1979 there was a transit strike. And 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 in New York, you know, everybody depends on the trains and buses to, to get around and they had a massive transit strike that went on for a couple of several weeks. It might have been a couple of months. And that was when everybody started wearing sneakers to get to work or to school or wherever they were going because you had to walk every place. You know, there are only so Mm -hmm. many taxis. And for me, as I said, that was like 79. For me, that was when I became aware of all the different options that were out there. It wasn't, let's put it this way. When I was walking to school, I was wearing kids. You know, that's what I had. I didn't, I didn't have anything Mm -hmm. fancy. Um, But then, but, and to this day, it's amazing. You go to New York city today, there are still thousands and thousands of people wearing athletic footwear to work mm-hmm. in school to get around. Right. I, it's, it's 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 weird how it just coalesced like that, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. and now more than ever. I mean, look how casual. Now we're kind of back, you know, because people are working at home or they're, or even like the co-working spaces, which is a little more of a casual atmosphere. You walk into those, and everybody's got on, you know, sneakers, but they're fancy sneakers. I mean, sneaker. Right. I, I wore Jackie. I wore kids too. I actually remember. <laughs> yeah, I was like the kid. Yeah, you know, the kids queen uh, when I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> you know, but look, look how fancy and well, just let alone the technology um, from you know specific to a sport. Like I grew up wearing kids. I grew and I grew up. I grew up playing basketball. Uh, you know, at a, at a high level within my high school in my area, and I wore like the Converse high tops. Right. Like the, the, old, the old canvas ones that have zero support and practically zero arch, you know, but that's what we wore. That was our shoe, you know, in the 70s and 80s um, for mm-hmm. sports. And, I mean, God forbid if you did that now. I mean, my feet, well, no wonder my feet are so screwed up now. But, um, you know, <laughs> look, at, look, at, look how far. I mean, Renee, oh, my gosh, look how far. Because you probably wore them, too, when you were, you know. No, yeah, and, it's that's, like, and look, that's, yeah. And, and that's where the fashion aspect comes into the business. And I, I think we were, you know, basically athletic, uh, you know, throughout the, you know, probably mid-'80s until we started to, uh, you know, go into the fashion end of the business. And that, you know, as you mentioned, Converse, uh, you know, right now we, I mean, Converse is one of our top-selling shoes, and it's it's not mm-hmm. it's not a shoe that you can put on and play something in. It's a shoe you can go out and wear, you know, casually, <laughs> right. and that's right. the fashion right. end of it. And, and that and that uh, okay, you know, Converse, okay, you know, <laughs> that classic <laughs> Converse me... is, 
is one of the best songs. <laughs> let, me, let me just tell you all, I have, I have a pair of turquoise kicks that I wear strictly for fashion, strictly for fashion. They're turquoise, just saying. <laughs> of course, I like that. Yeah. I mean, the colors are, uh, they, they have these trends every year where the color comes out, and you look at the shoe, you go, well, I would never wear that, and all of a sudden you've got it on your feet. You know, so, so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not teal. It's more it's more of a robin's egg blue. It's a really beautiful blue. And whenever I wear mm-hmm. them, I get compliments. Whenever I wear them, I that's get compliments. Right. But you're right, Kelly. Yeah. I played I played uh, basketball in high school as well, and that's what we wore. The, the, mm-hmm. the oh, converse yeah. high tops. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. and you cinched them up around your ankle, and and yeah, wow. And I could still jump. And uh, just imagine if I had a pair of Jordans in those days, how good I was. Wow, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be like Mike. Yeah. Be like Mike. Yeah. Be like Mike. Be like Mike. Yeah. yeah, but that's yeah. You that's would have... what I was talking about is, is is you know once you open a business, there's a lot of different niches that you can start exploring, and that and you really gotta you really gotta put yourself into that and figure out okay how can I enhance my business? Is there a niche that I don't have? Is there a niche that I can get into? And in the fashion and the end of the athletic business. It's a huge niche now. I mean, it's, it's just you can just keep expanding and expanding. If the year there's a, you know, somebody new out there that if you can get them in close before the Macy's have it or anyone else has it, you can start building that clientele around that product also. And so those are the those are the different things that'll that you know help businesses you know stay in business for the long haul. Is to really you know have that vision of you know how can I enhance what I've got? You know, how can I expand it? Is there is there something out there that that's going to help my sales? And that's what we've done well throughout the years is really to, you know, look at what's coming up and to make sure that we get it first in our store. And that's why it's so important to have an expert fit you for these because there are so many options. You can go oh, cross-eyed trying to figure yeah. out, you know, what, what will work best for you. Um, I'll tell you a story. You know, we, we, we do a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of shopping at the shows. We have these these shows that you go to, like the LA Mart, where you can you know, visit all the, the vendors and things. And so we're we're really on top of the of the next trend. And and about two or three times a year, we have we have a Macy's crew that comes to our store, and they all have their little Macy tags. And they always come through and they start to explore our you know different uh, you know selection of, of the vendors that we have in our store. And then in about two or three months after they've they've always come to our store, you'll, you'll walk into a Macy's and you'll see. A brand that they've never had and now obviously have that we picked up and that they saw in our store that they're they're now ordering for their Macy's store. Interesting. That if, you, that if you get there first, you start to establish, uh, you know, some kind of clientele around that brand uh, that you can really, you know, get the lead before the big boxes start to take over and start to market <laughs> market it and, and mark down the the product. And once they do, then then you're out of that product. You start moving on to another product. You know, so it's, just, it's always one step ahead of these big box, uh, you know, retailers that are that are looking to mark things down and to you know take away your business. Wow. What what other changes have you seen in retail? Because Renee, gosh, you've been you know on the mall. Well, you were on the mall before property before. It even became a mall, and then you've mm-hmm. seen all the evolution 
including the current transformation at the mall. I mean, years and years and years ago, back in the late 80s and early 90s, um, I worked for the Estee Lauder Corporation. I handled the, the Macy store was uh, one of my um, stops in, in those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've seen a little bit of the evolution, but you really have. So, you know, what, you know, give us some thoughts about, you know, the mall, how it's evolved and your experience. And obviously you've, you've adapted each time, but, you know, the, the new mall yeah. when it opens is going to be mall. amazing. Yeah the, yeah, the new mall is going to be amazing. They're, they're you know, doing a great job there. Uh, you know, we always, you know, the construction is being slow, but we always, we always have Don, the manager, on the phone, going, come on, Don, you guys worked in earlier. You know, the construction is too slow, but it's actually not really slow. Because as for retailer, you never want to have construction on your store. So we're, we're always hoping that, that the construction, you know, gets uh, gets done quicker than it really, uh, than it really should. So, but yeah, but, but the evolution is unbelievable. We, we opened that store in 1980. And all it was was uh, the Rouse. At that time, it was the Savons. There was a, a couple stores in the corner, and then there was the kiosk that we were in. And the rest of it was still just all dirt. There was no mall. There was no homes. And uh, and just to see it, and just to see it evolve to what it is now, it's just it's just incredible. But uh, but you know, malls keeping pace. It's keeping pace with places like the Points and and other retail centers. And uh, you know, once they're done, it's it's just going to be an amazing center. And, uh, but yeah, we've we've seen it evolve not only in the product lines that we carry, uh, but but uh, you know with the uh, with the uh, mix of the customers, and uh, you know with the sleepy town now coming into a, a, a tourist town and a uh, you know, kind of destination for people to come to, we've seen a lot evolve, and, uh, uh, and it's, 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 I think it's all been a good thing. Well, and I think you've handled um, and. Uh, service and provided uh, for a few uh, very well-known tennis stars in the world too that have, you know, um, come to Manhattan Beach. Um, yeah. You know, you guys are very fortunate. I mean, I, I imagine people yeah, we, still come we, in the back door kind yeah, of and we, have you help them. Yes, we we still service a lot of the, the top ten pros in the world uh, with uh, Stevie Johnson and Sam Query, Maria Sharapova. Uh, we do all their stringing for them. We do medicine keys. Uh, so we do we do a lot of pros, and we've done a lot of pros in the past, such as John Max, Sampras, Chris Everett, uh, Martina Matrilova. We've we've done you know stringing for uh, and for for you know for all the pros back then. We used to string for the Virginia Slims tournament that was here in Manhattan Beach. Uh, yeah, you guys remember, remember that? We did the Mercedes Benz Cup. We did all the streaming from them every year. And so we really have that niche in the tennis industry, that, that you know, service niche that, that I think without it, I don't think we would, we would even be there. But it, it brings those people in. Uh, we can service their needs. And, uh, and, it, and it really helps us uh, in, that, in that tennis industry uh, you know, to have that background. We were the official singers for the Great Western Forum when they, when they had the Challenge Series. There and they used to have the they used to have the team tennis and you know, held their form or the official stringers there. So we really we really have a hold over the tennis industry in a in a little local area, and that's and that's really helped our business. I would say so. Um, has there been any changes in 
the, you know, the material or the technology in actually stringing a racket. I know rackets have changed. Um, yes, but it's still that, a lot of changes. When we first opened, we were, we, were, we were still doing wood rackets, believe it or not. You know, speaking of wood rackets, I own about 3,500 wood rackets. I think I've got one of the largest <laughs> wow. collections in the world, <laughs> believe it or wow. not. But, but, but we were still, <laughs> still stringing wood rackets, and, and a wood racket is, is very technical. You have to sand down the edges before you string it, so you want any sharp edges. It, it takes a lot longer than the rackets you have today to string. And so it's really technical. And I'll tell you a little story back, oh, I think it was back in 1991 or so at the Forum, and John McEnroe had just changed into a Dunlop 200G racket. That's what it was called back then. And the patterns and the stringing patterns and all these rackets are all different. You have to know the pattern or you're not you're not gonna know how to string it. And uh and one of my top stringers wasn't able to go that night and Macron was playing samples. And so we were there stringing the rackets and Macron dropped off about five or six rackets and then he stringed them. And we had about three stringing machines there at the time and, and one of the one of the guys I brought was really much of the stringing, but we always took an eye on him. Well he was stringing one of John Macron's rackets and he missed a weave. It's basically a string on the bottom of the racket. So he misses the racket. He tied off the knot uh, on the racket and missed the, missed the whole string on the bottom. Well, we, we actually spotted this. He's picking up his racket, John, from the quickest racket, and he spotted one of the rackets missing the bottom string. It was tied off. It didn't hmm. really couldn't tell unless you really know what to look at, but we noticed it. And so John Magro picks up his racket, and as he's walking out, I, I, we notice the string. We say, uh, uh, John, and he goes, I'm out of here. See you later. I'm going to mess with you. And so John picks up that racket that he had missed that one string on. And that was the first racket he picked up. And he started playing a match. He started playing the match with that racket. And about maybe two or three games in the match, John looks at his racket. He's trying to look at it a couple of times. He says, he's got no points. <laughs> he looks at it again. And we're all in the back just, we're just dying at this point. Because we know what's going to happen. And sure enough, he looks at it again. He goes, kind of looks a little longer. And he takes the racket and he smashes it. Against the, uh, against the ground, and the racket just exploded. <laughs> oh, jeez. And so then he went off to one of his other rackets. But, you know, going back to your point, yes, the, the stringing patterns of these rackets and, and the way that it's evolved from, from wood to, you know, graph, metal to graphite, uh, it's just it's just amazing. And now the technology is it's just unbelievable. You can take a swing at a ball with a tennis racket, and the racket really you know, generates so much more power than he did in the old days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, yeah, but, but, that's, but that's, that's a funny story of, of, of some of our know, experiences in, in the racket end. <laughs> I love that. that you see, Thank I you did, for sharing. I didn't, I, I, didn't know, I didn't know all of this history. This is another part of South Bay history I was completely unaware of. Um, and, and, and super sports. And, Ray, you're, you're a big part of it. I didn't, well, I didn't know this stuff. Part. But, listen, we got to start wrapping this up. So, Renee, um, yeah. give us your website. Give us your physical address. Give, you know, if anybody wants to get yeah. in contact with you, w- just w- give w- us w- some information there. Yeah, www.supersports90266.com is our website. Uh, we have the Instagram handle, supersports90266. Um, the page of Supersports, Inc. And uh, we had our for the Boulevard in the beautiful city of Manhattan Beach in the Manhattan Village Shopping Center, and we kind of ran next to uh, Supercuts and ran, ran next to CVS, um, the same building as the Ralph's building. 
and come on down. Come come uh, take a look at what we've got to offer, and, uh, and come say hi. And, Kelly, when is the ribbon cutting? Thursday at 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. Thursday at 4 p.m. Wow. at Super Sports. Yes, no, a ribbon cutting yeah. during COVID. A ribbon cutting. I know. Uh, it's, the it's first small. COVID ribbon cutting. Yeah. yeah. No, it, for us it is. It's a, it, it absolutely is. And um, it's going to be small, you know, and we're going to wear our masks and we're going to take tennis rackets and stand six feet apart. Right, Renee? That's right. The tennis rackets will <laughs> six feet apart. And we'll <laughs> I want to see those wood rackets. Bring the, yeah, bring those wood rackets out no, for the uh, ribbon cutting. Actually, I've got a couple of rackets that are worth about $2,000 each. Wow. Believe that. They're, they're made in the 1800s. You know, don't, don't bring them. Don't bring them. Keep them, no. keep them away. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, Joe, we got we to gotta wrap this up, Joe. We, got, we, got, we only got uh, 10 seconds. Renee, Sandera, Super Sports. Wow. It's, it's amazing to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having us, you guys. Have a great day. Stay safe and stay healthy. Right. And stay healthy. And and uh, please, firefighters, uh, everyone in, in, in Fire Zone, we are, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Jackie, Kelly, that's our show. It's time to weekend. It's time to weekend. Have a good one. Make it a good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone.